You are listening to Love Better, where we help you build healthier, stronger relationships, beginning with the relationship you have with yourself. I'm your host, Rena, here with my co-host, psychotherapist, Mary Jo Rapini. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Love Better. My name is Rena, and I'm here with psychotherapist Mary Jo Rapini, and today we'll be talking about divorce. Now, perceptions of divorce have changed greatly over the years. Uh, years ago, it was talked about in hushed words and a very sensitive subject, but in modern times, there are many people who celebrate their divorces with vacations or even divorce parties. However, psychotherapist Mary Jo Rapini says no one can really escape the emotional after effects of divorce which is what we'll be talking about today. So Mary Jo, as always, it's uh, great to have you here. Thanks, thanks. It's good to be here. And uh, this is really an interesting topic and one I deal with all the time. So it's very relevant. I'm excited to do this. Now, as a psychotherapist, I'm sure divorce or couples struggling in their marriage is something you see very often. In your experience, do most people handle divorce in a similar pattern? Uh, for example, is there like the seven stages of grief for divorce? Well, you know, that's what makes this so interesting, Rena, in that everybody's so different. Some people will get through the divorce and as they're going through it, they handle it much much better. Maybe there was more fighting, maybe more stress, financial or emotional on the marriage anyway. And so there's a sense of relief. But Unfortunately, the majority of couples go through stages very similar to PTSD, post-traumatic stress um, disorder, meaning that it isn't easy that they do struggle with all sorts of emotional and physical symptoms. Right. And Mary Jo, I did read your article, uh, The Silent Divorce Epidemic. And in that article, you compared divorce to post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, which is really surprising. Uh, So I'm just really curious, how is divorce similar to PTSD? Well, you know, when you think about PTSD, you're thinking of a terrible crisis and then it's out of your control. And many times what happens is you react, you have a visceral reaction, your your tummy tightens, you may get nauseated, you may start having heart palpitations, you may have incredible anxiety. Well, those things actually happen especially for the person that is feeling abandoned or left by their partner. And we have, like we see on TV, right? These these divorces where it ends and the couple talks it over and it's a mutual split. Most of the time, that isn't what happens in therapy. Most of the time, there's one person who has just had it who has reached their limit. And even in those cases, when they do try to work it out, whether it's through you know, counseling or going to a minister and trying to get support through their faith, those couples that are going to end up divorced anyway, there's a lot of anger and hurt and PTSD symptoms. Now, Mary Jo, do you find that most of these effects are short-term or long-term? I mean, I've heard many people use the expression that time heals all things, time can heal a broken heart, but is that true for a divorce as well, or does it get even harder in the long run? Well, it's 
It's two-part, actually, and it depends on your gender. For example, women have a really difficult time in the beginning. Usually their sense of security is gone. Their sense of um, their, you know, where they are, like financially, emotionally, they're worried about their kids, their family, how are they going to support their family. And so they're, they're abandoned and they're in a state of true fear. They're basically um, relying on that fear to react to. With guys, it's a little bit different. Guys usually fill that void with vices that aren't good for them. For example, they may go out carousing. They may drink more. They Some of them do go to the gym, but when they go to the gym, they're always looking for someone because a man takes on, most of the time, a sense of true failure. So he, the way he finds relief is to kind of build himself or shore himself up, telling him it was out of his hands. But make no mistake, most men realize that in a divorce, they're the ones that are going to lose. Because unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it and what gender you are, in a court of law, the, the child usually stays with the woman and where the children are is still the sense of family. And guys have a much tougher time long-term because they start dating and they realize this isn't what I want. What I really want is my kids and my family. And men don't network as easily as women. They're much more loners and that, you know, society, we kind of do that to them. Men don't open up about their vulnerabilities as easily as women do. They don't share with other guys because remember, if you're a guy, it's about being competitive and getting ahead. Well, in the case of divorce, those two feelings will actually deter your progress of being healthy. So Mary Jo, backing up a bit, you mentioned that at least one party in the relationship is usually done. Um, They really want that divorce. So for these people who desperately want a divorce or maybe have waited a really long time to feel like they're freed from their marriage, you know, for example, the people that are having divorce parties, are they kind of exempt from these types of feelings? Well, they're not exempt, but I think what it is, is they've, you know, most people don't just get divorced. In the real world, a divorce is seven years plus or minus two in the making. And so if you think about it, you know, if you've been unhappy, really unhappy in your marriage and you can't get along, seven years is a long time. And so on one sense, there's that great relief I talked about earlier, but these people are not exempt. They'll find themselves, you know, not being able to think as well. They're not as focused. And emotionally, they're still tied to that person, especially if they have kids. They still have to get along with that person they have to somehow make it work so their child isn't isn't hurt. I think what they celebrate initially turns out to be a sense of failure long term. Now, as a therapist, are there effects that are considered normal um, and maybe others that you would strongly advise somebody to seek professional help? Well, you know, um, you're, it's normal to cry and it's normal to have disrupted sleep pattern. It's normal to gain a lot of weight or to lose a lot of weight. Uh, it's normal to want your friends to talk bad about your partner or <laughs> to eat ice cream as a vice of getting over it or to have a couple glasses of wine. 
It's not normal if you start noticing and your friends start noticing that you're withdrawing, um, especially if it's longer than 30 days. It's not normal to start failing at work. It's not normal to cut off people in your life. In other words, unless you were in an abusive relationship, which is in, in that case, I would counsel everyone who is listening to this and in an abusive marriage, you need to get out. There is no alternative. You can't, you can't um, love an abuser out of their abuse. In other words, they need professional help. But if you start noticing or friends start worrying about you, not eating um, consistently, not socializing consistently, kind of shutting down, not only is it going to be terrible for the children, but it's going to be terrible for you. And that's usually when I say, you know, you've you've let this go long enough now. Now it's time to really get professional help. I imagine that engaging in risky behaviors like, you know, drinking a lot or gambling would be cues as well that you need professional help. Um, But I do have a lot of friends that tend to rebound after a divorce. Is this something that you would uh, discourage or would consider something that um, is not advisable? That's a really good question because, you know, most of the time when couples rebound, they rebound with their ex. And in fact, in more than half of all divorces, there will be a second meetup when the couple will have a relation, an intimate relationship again. And I would really discourage that because usually it feels worse. You realize you made a big mistake for the person who didn't want the divorce anyway. It restores some hope. It makes it harder to let go. Many times they'll act out after that scenario. In other words, they'll do something catastrophic or attempt something that could really hurt them. Um, after they get together with their ex again because they start believing that no one else will ever love them like this person. And, you know, we're all filled with such myths about what true love looks like in marriage. We romanticize it. And what that means in a case when you're um, stressed out is you take out only the good and you make it even better than it was. You cannot possibly look at it objectively. So uh, usually therapists and myself for sure, I will tell you that that, is, that may look appealing. It may look like a quick fix to your terrible loneliness and suffering, but it's not. And you would be wise to avoid it. Uh, rebounding in general, since it is a common thing people do, I would say any dates that you take within um, the first year after a divorce are I call rebound. And the worst thing you can do is to find, you know, to go to the person that maybe you were having an affair with or a crush with before the divorce happened and try and make that relationship work because most of the time those don't work. So Mary Jo, we've talked a lot about uh, engaging in risky behavior or when you need to seek professional help. What about those that are just feeling really down and lonely, um, but maybe they don't necessarily feel like they need professional help? What kind of tips would you give them? Well, the most important thing that you can possibly do is to focus on self-care at this time. And self-care 
post-divorce looks like this. It's going to the gym. It's joining an exercise class. It's being extra careful what, what you're eating and what you're drinking. In a sense, it's like treating yourself better than you have in years. You're trying to pamper and restore your body and your mind. Um, things like meditation classes, stress relief, yoga, a prayer group, those things are all very beneficial. Um, joining any kind of a group that's going to make you feel better about yourself because a divorce is basically, it, it's, a real, um, it's a real deterrent to your self-esteem, to your confidence. If you, even if you don't look at marriage as an accomplishment, divorce is a true failure. And it's seen that way uh, by other people a lot. And people will try to counsel you and give you advice. This is what you have to remember. It's not a failure. It's basically a problem. It's a chain of events that happens in the marriage. Is there any time that you could have pulled it back when you were headed down that road? Yes, there is. There's always opportunity, but it takes two people. And when one person isn't getting what they need and they start feeling resentful and angry, they automatically start a chain of events that can destroy the marriage. And so I, I think what's healthier is if you start really writing down, journaling what you learned, um, what areas you think you can improve in, and then also nurture those parts of your body that feel like they took a real beating, um, emotional beating, especially through the divorce. So Mary Jo, we might have some listeners who are not going through a divorce, but since divorce is so common, they might have a close friend or family member uh, that is going through this process. Do you have any advice for them on how they can support their loved one? Well, I think one of the easiest things is just to be there. Invite them for dinner. Invite them over for the family events. And make them feel really accepted. And remind them they're a whole person. Just because they got a divorce, that divorce doesn't split you in half. You were a, Hopefully, you were a whole person when you married. You had two holes and you created a marriage. So the marriage didn't work out. Let's restore your wholeness and let's, I would encourage the family to help you restore your wholeness so that the next time you find a partner, you'll be ready to be the best version of a partner you can be. There is one thing I want to just remind listeners, you know, because the couple was having trouble before they ever divorced, I want to remind listeners that you went through that too as part of their family. And so the reason it's hard to support sometimes a loved one or our child or our brother when they go through a divorce is because we, the family, have bonded with their partner. And we we may have a friendship if it's a sister or brother-in-law. You may feel incredibly close to them and you share a history. You may have had your kids together. And so when when your loved one, your family member tells you, oh, by the way, I'm splitting with my with my wife or my husband, 
The family needs time to process that. You can't just run in right away and be supportive because you may want to give them a clear space and say, listen, I just want you to stay here a while and calm down and rethink this. this." Because what we don't allow in this society is time to be away from each other and just think, just have stillness and rethink your position. We say things like, it's over, I'm out of here, I can't stand this, I want a divorce. And many times if we're given the time and the space we need, we kind of come around and maybe that's your inner spirit or God talking to you, Um, that's up for debate. But the truth is, offer your loved one or your friend space just to be quiet or to talk about it. And I've seen that be the most healing thing um, in many cases that you can possibly do. Well, Mary Jo, that's all my questions for today, but I know you see this a lot with your clients and your private practice. So is there any advice you'd like to give that maybe my questions didn't touch on? When someone leaves you, that's the highest form of rejection. It's There's just nothing that compares to it. In fact, it does more damage to the heart and to your mind than death does. Death of a spouse is easier to somehow come to grips with than a divorce. I'm really um, saddened by the fact that in our society, divorces become common, like lots of people get divorces. And what nobody talks about is how destructive they are and how much they hurt. If we saw a TV show about how painful it was on both sides, I think couples would really take their marriage vows more seriously and they would also work harder to restore the marriage so that when it when there was a breakdown in the marriage, there would be more things that the couple, like more arsenal that the couple could bring out and try. If the marriage goes badly, they go, well, I guess we're just going to divorce. And what I want to reassure people listening to this is there's choice C, D, E, F, G, H, I, all the way through. So you don't have to ever feel like, like there's no options. There is always an option to getting divorced. Always. If I don't say anything else, I would say that. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening in. That concludes our episode for today. If you're going through a divorce or maybe know someone that is, you can find a lot of resources on Mary Jo's website which is in the podcast description, or you can type in maryjoerapini.com. And don't forget to tweet me at maryjoerapini, and I also have a great book. It's called Recoupling, A Couple's Four-Step Guide to Greater Intimacy and Better Sex. I think that book would be helpful for every couple to keep to create an awesome relationship.